There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Dear cunning woman, I've recently been suffering very uncomfortable pains. It's as if I'm lying on thorns or the sharp ends of needles. Help! I think I may have been cursed. Hello and welcome to the third Magic and Medicine episode of the Three Ravens podcast, a bonus series all about superstitious spells, crazy charms and some downright revolting remedies. <laughs> I'm Eleanor Conlon and I'm frantically unknotting an intricate witch's ladder to banish negative energy <laughs> and my co-host Martin Vaux has a series of problems that I'm going to try and help him solve. Oh, hello. I do hope you can help me with my prickling agony while I've been suffering. I am certainly going to try my best. <laughs> I've been riffling through my grimoires and digging through my pots and potions and looking for the best magical solution to Martin's problem. And to a few others too. Now, would it be fair to say that as long as there's been magic, people have been trying to misuse it in one way or another? Well, isn't that true of everything? Yeah. It's very human. <laughs> we want to find a quick solution to our problems, whether that be through money or magic. Yeah. And that might include making something or somebody go away as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, true. The history of curses and negative charms against your enemies goes back a long way, though. And so, of course, does the willingness to pay to have them lifted, removed, exercised or otherwise evaporated from your life. Well, I can quite understand why. <laughs> Apparently, there's an old saying that one must know how to curse before one can cure, Ooh. which I suppose connects to the idea of learning the rules before you can break them. Well, yes, and there's a link to traditional medicine too, isn't there? I mean, studying the disease and its causes and symptoms to see how it behaves to then kind of analyse what would best cure yeah, it. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And cursing people is an old custom from shouting out the car window to someone who's just cut you up on the road to passionately hoping an enemy or rival will fall foul of fate. Oh, yeah. It seems almost second nature to us to do it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Do you remember our trip to the Roman Baths in Bath a few years oh, ago? I do. We had an amazing time. What an incredible place to visit. Yeah. And among the very interesting collection of items they have in their museum 
if you're not familiar, they've got some lead tablet fragments, all of which have some rather mean curses scratched into them. Here's one. I curse Tretia Maria and her life and mind and liver and lungs mixed up together. <laughs> oh, I love them all. They're so good. They've got like them laid out in a row mm. so you can just read all of these curses that people were giving to one another. And they mostly ask for like divine intervention when somebody's been wronged, don't they? I mean, you know, uh, like do not allow sleep or health to him who has wronged me and so on. Exactly. And this one, which I think is quite the overreaction actually, Dosimedis has lost two gloves and asks that the thief responsible should lose their minds and eyes in the goddess's <laughs> temple. That's quite a lot for a pair of gloves. <laughs> he obviously felt very strongly about them. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're really nice gloves. <laughs> After the inscription was written, a variety of things might happen. The lead might be pierced or scored through mm. or rolled and crushed and hidden in the home of the person to be cursed or simply tossed into the mystic waters of Sulis as a kind of plea to the goddess for a particular kind of revenge okay all right so i really must have these prickling pains removed what can you do for me cunning woman now martin's problem is a historically recorded curse which supposedly a woman called agnes sampson had prepared to kill king james VI of scotland (laughs) agnes had been busy with a black toad which she hung by its heels for three days and collected the venom which fell from it in an oyster shell she was apparently intending to get hold of one of the king's handkerchiefs or worn shirts to douse it in this toad juice but was prevented and executed however if she had succeeded the cunning woman might suggest that the king sat in front of the fire at midnight and burned salt in the fire while remaining silent for one hour burn salt at midnight got it that sounds easy then after an hour's passed say it is not the thing I wish to burn, but the name of the curse is heart to turn, Ooh. wishing thee neither to eat, drink, sleep, nor rest until thou dost come to me and do my request, or else the wrath of God may fall on thee and cause thee to be consumed in a moment. Amen. <laughs> I mean, that reminds me of one of your love spells, actually, from the previous Magic and Medicines episode. Yeah, it's the uh, the not this thing I wish to burn yeah. basic charm is also used in love magic. Oh. Or, well, kind of in any spell which uses power to call to or discover a lover or the source of a curse. It seems to me that many of the spells which involve curse removal, like the witch bottles, for instance, involve exerting power in return over the person who's harmed you, sort of to either catch them or make them do your bidding instead. So it's not just reverse it, but then give me a a one-up on on the person. It's like using their own powers against Mm. them, which connects to the modern idea of the wick and reed too, doesn't it? That's true. The idea if you do anything, you must be prepared for it to come back to you threefold. So harm none. (sighs) I'm interested that the curse removal chant turned into a kind of prayer at the end. Does the Christian God often feature in? Curse removal? Definitely. Oh, and really? pops up a lot in folk magic in general. Oh. I think it's where the old ways and the new ways blend. Mm. And, well, when people are desperate, they're prepared to try anything, yeah. aren't they? Sort of pray to any god that's listening. Yep. Much in the way we do now, if we're ill, oh, we'll yeah. take <laughs> over-the-counter remedies, go to the doctor, diet changes, natural remedies, strange been, supplements. Been, been there, done that. <laughs> I believe it's what's known as 
hedging your bets. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, the use of salt interests me too, as that's often used in purifying magic, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great protection against evil forces, mm. salt, as well as tasting delicious in yeah, food. Uh, you can scatter salt around the perimeter of your home to deter unwanted visitors as and bad energy. Do regularly, yeah. And use it to cast a protective circle if and, you're doing magic. Yeah, as well. and we use black salt as well in the past, you know. Yeah, sometimes. black salt's actually a mixture of salt and charred herbs ground mm. very finely, which helps drive away negative energies and can also help cleansing and purifying your magical tools. So okay, if you want to do that. Cool. All right. Well, you give me a piece of paper. Um, I have got a different problem here, Eleanor. Dear cunning woman, I'm a fisherman by trade, but I can't catch any fish. All the neighbouring boats seem to have catched hundreds, but all the fish avoid my boat. Help! I think I might have been cursed. Dear fisherman, it sounds as though your boat has indeed been witched. <laughs> but don't worry. All you need to do is take a mackerel. Uh-huh. You might need to borrow one from a friend if you're struggling to catch one yourself. Stick your mackerel full of pins what? and stow it in the stern hatch of your boat. It might smell a bit, but it will certainly lift the curse. Is it that simple? It's that simple. Whoa. Yeah, that was complicated. <laughs> I like about that one that there's a sort of neat associated solution using something from the fisherman's world. Yeah, yeah. There's no special ingredients, just what would have been available. Mm. And I really like that aspect of folk magic. Specific ingredients are sometimes required and, you know, the, the moon phase is sometimes yeah. important, but you can usually improvise if something's not available. Oh, and we do, don't we? Absolutely. I mean, magic, really, we always think, is about intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything can be a mackerel if you tell it it's a mackerel hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mackerel. <laughs> All right, so thank you. <laughs> um, so that was quite a particular kind of curse. What about a kind of general unbewitching is there such a thing as a kind of general unbewitching well today we might call it bad luck or an unlucky streak or something but our ancestors were very keen to attribute fluctuating fortune to forces beyond their control Mm. and often to cast blame on people they disliked or outsiders in the community go on unlucky villager tell me more oh okay dear cunning woman Last Tuesday, I was a-shopping, and my neighbour, a hideous old woman with warts, looked at me in a way I did not like. Ever since then, awful things have been a-happening. I tripped over on the front step, the dog had an upset tummy all over my new Sunday suit, and, worst of all, Doris the milkmaid has been flirting with Charles the woodcutter instead of me. Help! I think I may have been cursed! There are lots of solutions against general bewitchment (laughs) or being overlooked, which people in the past considered a form of being cursed. This guy's having a bad time, isn't he? Offending or crossing a witch might cause you to be overlooked by him or her, which could result in all sorts of bad fortune. Mm -hmm. And this seems to be just sort of giving someone a look. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, the cunning woman has a number of cunning remedies up her voluminous sleeve. Okay, do tell. I'm so curious. Well, first, our afflicted client might consider taking three small jars and nine garlic cloves Mm -hmm. and some thorns from a white rose okay stick the thorns into the garlic cloves and place three cloves in each jar then you need to bury the jars within sight of a church porch while you say the lord's prayer i mean 
I wonder if there's anything in the use of garlic that's kind of related to vampires and other night ghoulies. Um, supposed to repel vampires, isn't it? Garlic. Yeah, and I mean, I certainly think that garlic is pure magic in cookery, <laughs> <laughs> but it does also pop up in spell work quite often. Well, I mean, it's very useful in medicine, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it helps fight fungus and other diseases. Mm-hmm. I mean, a friend of my family used to swear by garlic, he used it for anything, whether it was a toothache or an earache, he was using garlic constantly. I mean, it would be very delicious, even if it, it didn't work. And yes. it is said to have healing properties. I had respiratory problems. It was oh, meant to be helpful for... I mean, I mean, this guy, he was a very seasoned gentleman in general. You know, everywhere he went, you kind of knew he was covered. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you're right, it's mostly associated with protection. Mm. The ancient Greeks wore garlic around uh. about their person to guard against illness, theft and possessions. They weren't really taking it. They were just carrying it. And apparently a hanging braid of 12 heads of garlic over your door will banish jealous people and thieves as well as looking quite pretty oh well we now need to get a braid of 12 heads of garlic i really want one that's yes. a really cool thing to it's have not gonna last very long is it i'm gonna <laughs> well, use it in the cooking but once we've used it we get another one that's and what about the white rose thorns i mean we've got a white rose it's very pretty it's mm. one of my favorite flowers in our garden but well, i imagine it's because the color white is mm, cleansing okay, yeah, and purifying so you used to clear away old energies and bring in fresh happy new mm. ones but if you don't fancy that spell though perhaps it it does sound a bit nice and clean for folk magic you could try the old classic of getting a toad of course there's a toad (laughs) inevitably a toad at some point (laughs) get a toad pierce it on a board balanced in the middle of a log then deal a heavy and sudden blow to the end of the board opposite to the toad (laughs) this will send the toad flying into the air and it's known as lifting the witch lifting the witch yeah the toads are standing for the witch and you want to just lift her up just catapulted a frog I mean it sounds really quite alarming <laughs> toads get the worst possible the worst luck. deal in magic imagine don't they? they really do <laughs> well if you're a more modern curse recipient and you don't want to catch a toad and yeah. torment it you could take a photograph of the person who you think's cursed you mm-hmm. if you know who it is wrap it tightly in white ribbon and then stash it at the very back of your freezer wow now I have to say, like, I grew up in in the developing world and there were some places in the developing world where people did not want to have their picture taken because they believed that if your photograph was taken, it captured your soul, it captured part of you. And then it could be an object that would then be used against you. It It would open you up to weakness. But I actually haven't heard that much of using photographs in spells in England before. Well, you're absolutely right, because the arrival of photography as a medium was a bit of a gift to magical practitioners, Mm. because... Having a photograph of someone meant you no longer needed to go to the trouble of gathering items of clothing they'd worn next to the skin or or bits of their hair or their fingernail clippings or similar or their teeth. You just use their image instead. That's really interesting. All right. Uh, Okay. Last problem for today. Dear cunning woman, I have a colleague at work who is constantly seeking to undermine me and cramp my style. I'm far too sensible to believe in curses, but their treatment of me seems quite unfair. Is there anything you can do? Dear sensible co-worker, (laughs) never fear. I've got a spell for you which might just do the trick against your jealous colleague. But take care, it must be carried out without any malice on your part. Just a desire to neutralise the situation. Impossible. (laughs) So choose a day at the time of the waning moon, which is said to be a good time to banish and eliminate negative elements from your life. Mm -hmm. Write your colleague's name on a piece of paper and take it to work with you. This is when you have to be a little bit sneaky. 
Place the paper name side down on a desk or a table and get the person involved to cast their shadow over the paper. Whoa. So you have to try and persuade them to lean over you. It's so like a little trail of Haribo bears or something. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and um, so when, they, when they've when cast their shadow over the paper, which might take a few goes yeah. depending on what you've used to tempt them across, <laughs> pin or tape the shadow onto the paper. Whoa. Then place the paper and the pin or the tape into a container of spring water. Seal the container, then place it against your forehead. <laughs> Pass your right hand over the top of it three times to expel all bad feeling. And when you return home, put the container in your freezer where it won't be disturbed. Oh, my goodness. Well, firstly, at this rate, our freezer is going to be fuller of anti-curse items than it is of ice lollies. (laughs) And that does feel like a much more modern solution than, well, I guess, getting toads involved. Yeah, it does. I'm interested in the sort of magic freezing aspect as well, like the idea that if something's literally frozen in ice, they won't be able to do you any harm. Well, I wonder if that used to line up with winter, with people trying to do seasonal spells to Mm. to have effects on people during those cold seasons. Yeah. Yeah, but you're right, it does sound modern. You can do it with a piece of paper and a Tupperware. Yes. And actually, a quick Etsy search suggests that curse removal magic is just as popular today as it has ever been. Really? Yeah, a number of witches still offer the service. Wow. And you can buy all sorts of items like curse removal jars, herb sachets, candles, hex removal dolls and wearable talismans. I mean, the list goes on and on. Awesome. There's even a nine-step wiki how on how to remove black magic spells. It's actually got some really charming illustrations. Well, to be fair, there is a wiki how for absolutely (laughs) everything. There is. That that one's quite sweet. I'd check that out. (laughs) I'll finish up with the comforting thought that throughout history, there have actually been many more actual extant examples of benevolent healing spells than Mm. there have of curses and hexes. Yeah, I mean, look at the NHS. It's just full of white witches. (laughs) Negative magic seems mostly to be a tool used to accuse and Mm, point blame. And though it certainly does exist, like there's absolutely evidence that people have done nasty curses and hexes on each other, the good does far outweigh the bad. Well, thank you for delving into the strange and often squishy side of folk magic for this mini-series of Magic and Medicines, Eleanor. I had a lot of fun and apologies to our toads. (laughs) But thank you to all our listeners who've reacted and commented on social media about the Magic and Medicine episodes. We'll be back on Monday with our main episode where we'll be on a civilised jaunt to Surrey. Oh, civilised, definitely civilised. And our third Three Ravens bestie Yes. Which misrepresented beast will we be petting and grooming then, Martin? We will be soaring into the skies with flaming fiery wings on the back of a phoenix. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> In the meantime, if you'd like more bonus content, including ad-free episodes, text versions of the stories, exclusive episodes and film club episodes, and our monthly newsletter, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Three Ravens Podcast. Oh, yes. Please also drop us a quick review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts if you have time. They really do make a difference and we read everyone we and do. we love them. We do. We genuinely do. Uh, we're also keeping busy on social media at facebook.com forward slash Three Ravens Podcast podcast twitter at three ravens pod and instagram at three ravens podcast and you can send us an email a folktale or artwork to three ravens podcast at gmail.com our second card contest themed around the folklore of winter is open for entries now there's a bit of a nip in the air already isn't there there is a folklore <laughs> until next time then while our curses have rattled off like rusty nails that way we'll go this way and remember don't whistle until you're out of the woods.
Our theme song is the traditional folk ballad Three Ravens, performed by Ben Harbour and Eleanor Conlon, and our logo is by Ollie James Dare. The Three Ravens podcast is a Rust and Stardust production, produced by me, Martin Vaux. Thanks for listening. God sent every gentleman, such hounds, such hawks, and such lean men, with a down, derry, 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 down, down.